Hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. It's Howie Spangler. <clears throat> this is Tales from the Green Room. And I'm sorry for uh, clearing my throat in your ear. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard out there. It's hard out there. It's hard to stay healthy. I try to wash my hands as much as possible. I don't do a lot of the uh, hand sanitizer stuff. I use it from time to time, but like, I'm not like crazy. I don't use it every time. I, I've heard that it actually kills the good stuff. It actually keeps you from being sick. You sort of like flip it on yourself. <clears throat> anyway, um, what's going on? Uh, today, I'm talking to a friend of mine, uh, Robert Duderman. Duderman Productions. He's a phenomenal pr- uh, promoter down in Florida. Does the whole Florida market. This guy's the best in the business. Um got some great information for you guys and uh we had a good fun conversation and uh he just the guy knows what he's doing and uh he, he crushes it for his artists so uh but first what do we got going on here um <clears throat> i've got an album coming out the force of habit it's coming out friday i'm really excited uh i've been wanting to do something like this for a long time and, um, you know, I'm always focused on the Ballyhoo stuff, and then I, I work with other artists as well. Um, so I'm doing this tour with Eric Rachmani, kicking off Friday, uh, Black Friday. For about a week together, we're going to go out. Uh, him and his, uh, his other revolution pal, uh, Kyle Ahern, and then uh, the John Danka show. And I knew that I wanted to have something of my own to go out with, you know, so I'm not just selling like Ballyhoo CDs or something. Um, and so I started kind of throwing together songs that I'd written over the years and um, wrote a couple new ones and uh, just want to have something out. So I put together six songs and it's called The Force of Habit. There's no real like theme or anything. It's just sort of like a, a collection of songs. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy with it, how it turned out. You know, a couple of them are, are value songs that, that never really either they were recorded but we weren't happy with how they turned out or just wasn't right for the record at the time stuff like different reasons um but i figured i'd just i'd take them back and restructure or maybe rewrite some lyrics things like that and here they are so i hope you enjoy them when they come out uh you can pre-save it right now at spotify and i think i think the apple music is bringing it up it wasn't bringing it up on mine uh, there's this bug that happens a lot with every release, even with the Ballyhoo stuff, even when we're already in the system. It, like, for some reason, like, it doesn't want to pop up. Um, yeah, like, when I go to Apple Music here, it says no results. But if you go to iTunes, if you still like like iTunes and actually like to buy the record, you can actually type in my name in iTunes, and it'll pop up. And you can pre-order it there. <clears throat> but if you'd like to pre-save it on Spotify, you can do that as well. The, the link is... Uh, I'll put the link in the description here on the uh, on the pod, but um, on my Instagram and on the website and all that, you'll see. Uh, hit that link. It's through uh, DistroKid, is who I used for the for the um, record this time. So far, I'm pretty happy with uh, DistroKid. By the way, if, if anybody's looking for a way to distribute their music, you know, there's like TuneCore, there's CD Baby, there's InGrooves. InGrooves is harder to get into, I think, but um, DistroKid has been really easy. And I use TuneCore actually for really old Ballyhoo stuff. And um, I don't really remember the setup process for that. It was years ago, but DistroKid, I just set this up like a couple weeks ago. And it might actually last week. 
<clears throat> and uh, it's really easy and everything's really clean cut. So uh, I would definitely, you know, check that out when you get a chance. Anyway, go through that, that DistroKid link and you'll be able to pre-save uh, at Spotify. The more pre-saves I get and the more follows I get, if you wouldn't mind following my artist page as well, uh, it just looks better and the algorithm will place the songs in different places and um, get, it, get them heard more. So it'd be rad if I can get over a thousand streams um, in the first weekend. That'd be sick. So, uh, yeah, if you wouldn't mind, that'd be great. Uh, I'm going to have t-shirts on the tour and stickers as well. CDs are coming. They're not going to be done in time. It's going to be, uh, I'm not getting into those until like the very end of the, the tour. So, uh, whatever I have left of the shirts and the stickers. And then when I get the CDs, I'll, uh, I'll sell those on the website. Um, you'll be able to buy from the website and I'll ship them out, uh, personally. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. I've got some shows coming up. Like I mentioned, I'm doing that the tour with Eric Rachmani from Revolution. Uh, he's doing an acoustic run. And uh, it's really great. The um, All the proceeds, all the profits go to um, the Last Prisoner Project. And basically what it is, is anybody that was, um, that anybody that's in jail right now for like a, uh, a what do they call it? A non- non-offensive or non-violent um, like weed offense. Um they're trying to get those people out of jail. So uh, it's going towards that. And I think it's a great cause. Nobody should be in jail for weed when it's legal now, you know, in a lot of places. It's insane. Um, So yeah, November 29th, this Friday, Black Friday, actually, Denver. We're going to be in Denver at the summit. And then we're flying back to the East Coast. December 1st, Sunday, we'll be in Virginia Beach at Elevation 27. December 2nd at Union Stage in D.C. December 3rd at Ramshead on Stage in Annapolis. Uh, December 5th at the Bowery Ballroom in New York City. December 6th at the Paradise Rock Club in Boston. Uh, and December 7th at the, the TLA, Theater of Living Arts in Philly. And after that run, uh, myself and Brandon from Bumpin' Uglies are going to do <clears throat> Secrets on December 13th in Ocean City. It's the, uh, it's the Secrets slash... Ocean 98 uh, appreciation party for staff and customers. So uh, come out to that. It's free. Um, I'll try to find out what time I'm playing. But uh, it was a fun time last year. It got pretty packed out. And we just had some drinks and played some tunes. So look out for that. And hopefully I have some more uh, acoustic uh, shows going on as well. I may be getting a vasectomy, everybody. Whoa, left turn. Holy shit, left turn. What'd he say? Vasectomy? The big V? Yeah, I'm really considering it. Um, and I decided that I would tell everybody in the world about this. You don't see enough about this, guys getting vasectomies. <laughs> um, I went to the doctor recently for a checkup, and I asked him about it. And I nearly passed out and threw up in the doctor's office just talking about it with the guy. I felt bad. I was like, he's in the middle of saying something. Well, you know, and I just, I got up and I was like, I'll be right back. And I just, it was awful. I don't like that shit. It's like anything, like when I give blood, it's the same thing. I like, I want to pass out and throw up and shit. It's fucking weird. Big giant pussy. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've got two kids and um, I'm over it. You know, I'm over it. And uh we don't want any more 
And we've got two beautiful, perfect kids, nine and five. And like, I love babies and I, I get baby fever sometimes. And she does as well. But it's really nice to like know that that baby shit is behind us. No pun intended. Actually, pun intended. Uh, the diapers, the like, all that baby stuff, it was like a great experience, you know, but I don't really want to like my kids can do things for themselves now and it's great you know and we just we want to we want to uh, we're going to get married in september and we just want to be able to like relax and enjoy having kids and, and everything everything new that they're doing now and watching them get older and enjoy being a married couple when it when it comes down to it you know so uh <clears throat> yeah holy shit i think i'm gonna get the uh the vast deference severed oh it's weird just talking about it they gotta like they go into your sack and they just like, they, I guess they, I don't know if they pull it out and there's these two tubes that run around on either side to the balls and they just like snip and then they, I don't know if they burn the ends or they just stitch them, but you got to stop those little sperm cells from getting out. That's what it is. So, um, yeah, that might be, I can't ask her to, to do that, get her tubes tied. I just don't feel like. It doesn't feel right to me. I feel like uh, like men can can uh, you know show a little backbone and step up to the plate when it comes to that. You know, um, she she did the uh, did the carrying and the birthing, and I saw it all, and it was a wild experience. And I know she enjoyed it, but man, what a what a crazy thing that you women have to do. I'm I'm appreciative. I love you, and uh, we wouldn't be here without you. So. Um, the least I can do is go in for a 12 minute procedure. <laughs> Ugh, I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm getting chills like thinking about it. God damn. Anyway. Uh, so more on that as it develops, I'll let you know. Um, I think I'm going to go on my YouTube channel and talk about this stuff as well. Ugh. I don't know. I think men can benefit from it. You know, I don't know anything about it. And just the little things I heard. It's, it's fucking weird. I don't like, I don't like any, I don't like, I don't like anything touching down there. Like nothing. It's really like the ball sack. Oh, it's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> nope. This is not for kids. Not, not children's programming. <laughs> so in uh, other news, um, real quick, the YouTube channel, BTW, uh, is doing great. Thank you all for, uh, for subscribing and, and watching the videos. Um, we're up to, uh, 1,363 subscribers and it's just been killer like the last uh, month or so just watching all this grow um, uh, just I mean the watch time minutes alone uh, 54,000 minutes that's that's up <laughs> up 436% uh, over the last 28 days um, on the road to monetization here uh, you so with, with YouTube you need a thousand hours i'm sorry a thousand a thousand subs um to be to be qualified along with four thousand hours four thousand hours i said that's two hundred forty thousand minutes of views okay and uh as of now um i believe i'm 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 almost there with with the views um the new minutes let me pull this up real quick yeah, you can, it's cool. The new YouTube thing, uh, studio, you hit monetization. Um, yeah, so 3,163 public watch hours of 4,000 needed. So I need like 
837 more hours. And the rate this is going, it's, it's, um, I need to get this done by, by January 1st or December 31st because I started, I started really pushing the YouTube channel January 1st of this year. And they, it has to be within the 365 days. Um, in, a, in a year's time, you have to get 240,000 view minutes. So by January 1st, um, that's when I need this to, to kick in. So uh, thank you all for watching the videos. And I, I appreciate that very much. Um, it's just another way to, I can start monetizing my videos um, as people watch them. And it's, it's like another way to create passive income for myself. And, you know, it's, it's you know, just adds and helps the career along, you know. Um, I don't like asking for money. I don't like saying, hey, you know, but it's just a, a way. I mean, if you're going to watch the video, you're going to be passively uh you know, putting a little bit of money in my pocket and all that does, it doesn't make me rich or anything. It just helps me to make my stuff better and better, my production value, things like that. And I just really appreciate you guys, you know, taking it all in. Okay. Plowing ahead. Uh, today's episode, episode 93. I'm talking to Robert Duterman. He's an amazing promoter. Uh, as I said earlier, um, the best in the business. The guy's great, great attitude. Love the guy. Um, he had some really cool things to say. If you're an artist or a promoter, definitely uh, sit back, take notes. All right, here it is, episode uh, 93, Robert Duderman, Promoter of the Stars. Rob Duderman, what's going on? How are you, Howie? I'm great, man. I'm, uh, I'm stoked to have you on here. It's been, uh, it's been a long time coming, actually, because I've wanted to... Some someone actually, I, I get people that that listen and and they suggest topics, you know. And one of the topics, uh, not long ago, was someone asking to learn about the the promotion side, like how how the promoters do their do their work. And I was like, I got just the guy. So I figured I'd hit you up because you're you're the, you're the best guy in the game, like hands down, number one. I mean, what makes me the best guy in in the game? Okay. Uh, all your shows go really well, um, but that's because you're you're the only guy that puts in the work the way you do. Like, um, I've been I've played t- over two thousand shows in my lifetime in the last fourteen years, even, and um, I've been all around the country. And there there are some guys that guys and girls that they do really well. So, you know, the shows go over well. Um, but still the attention to detail and the, uh, you can just see the, the, the difference. You can see the difference. And like, you're the type of guy, like, like if anyone tries to contest you, if they don't feel like things went well or something, for some reason, you can literally pull out your phone and show them PDFs of everywhere that you've put up posters and uh all the all the ads that you the ad spends you did and all the crazy it's it's wild you you're incredibly organized and um you just you just overall you just care you want the shows to do well you care about your name obviously you care about uh making artists happy and you don't see that you know yeah it's a little different it's a little bit of a different um atmosphere 
I think nowadays as opposed to what it used to be. And it still kind of lingers in there with older promoters and stuff like that. The, the la- the landscape has changed a bit. I think um, there's, there's a, a small percentage of like professional people in the game. And, and as far as promoter world goes, and then there's a large vast of people that want to be a promoter and they come out and they think they can just do a show and they don't take it professionally and they just think it's, you know, a fun way to make some money when a, you can lose a lot of money. B, you can make a decent living out of it, but if you treat it like a business, you know, that that's what the game changer is for me and was, you know, treating it like a business. It's, you know, if you, if you put your work into it, then you'll get what you put into it. If you don't put anything into it, then you're only going to be guaranteed what you put into it. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes for pretty much anything, right? Um, yeah. And I, you know, just truth be told, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur, you know, the latter part of my life, you know, I've owned restaurants. Um, now I'm in the, and in, into the music business. I own a tent company, ATM company, you know, a lot of other little companies that are shelled into my one. And I understand any one of the little companies that I own, they all pretty much just accent the fact that I'm a promoter and I needed a tent company um, as opposed to paying somebody. Um, how much do I put into my tent company? I only put enough in it to feed my own stuff. So I'm only guaranteed to make as much money as I can produce from my own festivals. If I put my time and energy in just being a tent company, then, well, I would probably grow a tent company to be big. Um, but it's like anything. It takes three years before you see any kind of movement. And then once you see the movement, it's not like you're going to be, you know, riches above, beyond your belief in the first three years. It's a, it's a constant struggle of how do you build and how do you um, build with your clients, you know, at that matter. I mean, I, all the, all the, all the artists I've, I've booked still to this day, I've been with for a long, long time. And, you know, the, the whole um, grow with your client type uh, attitude is what I take. So if the artist is growing and I'm growing with them, I cross my fingers. They don't forget me when they become, you know, stadium bands, which, you know, everybody that I've dealt with, I've seen them grow from, you know, 75 people to a hundred people to the pre-selling 250 to doing sellouts. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's just a work in progress and making sure that you have the loyalty between artist and promoter. And they know that you're there with them, whether you win or lose, just, you know, understand losses sometimes come and sometimes there's wins. It's just the way the nature of the business. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, the, <clears throat> the relationship you, you end up building up, uh, like a bit, it's a business relationship, but you also build like a personal relationship with a lot of your artists, I imagine. Cause I, I mean, I've, I mean, we've been doing shows together for at least 10 years, something like that. And, uh, you know, it's always like, it's the, the first few times it's, it's, and we, we know promoters around the country and stuff. And like, it's more, it's more like a, Hey man, how's it going? Kind of thing. You know, like, whereas like with you, um, you know, it took a few shows, but after probably like a year of shows, maybe I think we started like actually, you know, texting and things and sort of, you know, becoming like kind of friends a little bit along the way. 
um, and just kind of dipping in and seeing how every, each each guy's doing and stuff like that. It's 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 nice, you know. It's not. It doesn't feel like a strictly business relationship, even though that's that's what it's built upon for us. And uh, <clears throat> I enjoy that. I think it's it's been like organic and and fun and and uh, interesting, you know. And I feel like uh, any sort of business relationship, I, I think that's just how it needs to grow. That that's how a, I think a business can grow is like that that organic like when you start sort of I don't know it to me I just I enjoy the the not all business like aspect of it you know what I mean like we have that we can be cool with each other and just talk about other things yeah um, you know that it's funny you mentioned that because one of the things that um, my production manager George Campbell he's he's a big time production manager does ultra and everything he said to me the other day um because i'm always fighting for you know as an independent promoter i'm always fighting for my shows and you know there's big national i'm not going to mention any names but promoters out there that really you know they have the ability to control a lot of the market share when it comes to getting all the best shows and i have to really scrap to get my shows and he said to me because he he works with the other two major promoters in the world uh, <laughs> and uh, he says one of the things about me that's different is the fact that I have a personal relationship with a lot of my clients, like they're friends of mine after working for so long. And that that just becomes, you know, the fact that I'm, I'm extremely transparent um, with everything that I do, you know, with, with the client. Like, hey, did you bonus? Yes, you did. Here it is. Did you did we take a hit on this one? Yes, we did. This is where it landed, you know? Um, and then knowing that I'm still have that good relationship with an artist to say, Hey, it's, you know, instead of knocking me over the head with hundred percent of what you need on your rider, can we just get, you know, what you need to get through the day? Because I'm already going to lose a couple grand here. And all my artists are friends of mine. And they look at me like, yeah, we see it. We, we can, we're not, we're not boneheads here. We we know how to do math. Yeah. Let's just be able to get through this so we can get through another show. So it goes a long way when you get, you know, a bigger company or a bigger, you know, somebody that's not personal and they're just like, it doesn't matter to them. It's just, it's just another show. It changes the, you know, the landscape again, because it's just a regular non-emotional show at that point. You know, you're just doing business going through the motions and there's a little bit of a difference between knowing the artist personally, being able to have a good wor- working relationship with them over the years you know, so when times are tough, you take a rain day or, you know, hey, I, I've had I've had artists where I had a decent relationship with come back and, and do a rain um, makeup date. Or some artists, if you don't have that relationship, there's like, oh, well, pay me in full. Who cares what happens to you? That's the difference in, in the relationship building. Does that, does that make sense? You know, oh, it makes total sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, you're sort of both parties are promoter and artist are should be playing the long game and um, the way that you have like a grassroots independent feel with everything you do. And, um, and, and also being that you're a nice guy and we're able to have a friendship along the way. Um, you know, if, if anything ever like that comes up, you know, we're able to talk about it and say, all right, well, I know that, you know, cause we have a track record with you, you know, that usually the shows are fucking slamming, you know what I mean? It's not like, there's, there's no reason for us to doubt, you know, anything. So we're, you know, a band like 
us and relationship we have with you, we're, we're able to say like, okay, well, you know, no worries this time. Like we know next time's going to be slamming, you know, or whatever. There, there's that trust we have, you know? Um, and I've, I've really grown to appreciate yeah, and if that. You, if we have a track record of outperforming. That's, yes. that's the other part, you know, yes. we have a track record of most of our shows are outperforming whatever they're in, in the, when I say the market, I mean the Florida being the market, most of my shows or our shows, we should say is they're outperforming all the other ones, whether it's by 60 tickets or, you know, 360 tickets, they generally outperform most. And, you know, that comes from, you know, the work, the grind, you know, we have the largest street team in Florida. Um, you know, I spend real money on, on the marketing part of it. Uh, and and the, the people on both sides of it are the ones that capture the, um, the benefit, the show, the artist, the venue, and the fact that, you know, I don't own these venues. I'm, I'm just an independent promoter that promotes my shows. You know, we, we try to make sure everybody understands that we, we're going to live and die by the show. Like it's either going to do really well and perform or it's just going to get by. And, but at the end of the day, we look at it like this is how the show's going to perform. I have a good relationship with the artist. Everybody can look at each other eye to eye across the table and go, you know, great job show did, you know, exponentially well, or we had a rain delay or a rain, something happened. But generally speaking, the shows are outperforming um, the majority of, of the market being Florida. That That's a, that's a real fact. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I see it all the time. <clears throat> like we, we, uh, we've been, Florida has always been like a second home for us. We started going there like right away when we first started touring and we used to go there like four to five times a year for like a week at a time, you know, that, and that's a lot, you know, considering we're a thousand miles away, but, um, it was always like the shows were always good and we could feel the building happening. Um, and then, you know, so, so now having been working with you this last decade or so, you know, we, we've done a bunch of shows with you. We've done a bunch of shows without you. Um, and, even the shows where we feel like it's going well, you know, the, then we'll go do a show with you and it's just like over the top, you know, completely like more tickets and more, I don't know, more energy. I don't, I don't know what it is, but like, you know, well, I mean, I, I know what it is, but it's just, uh, it's just wild to, to see the difference, you know, um, it just, it just shows cause you know, we'll, we'll do shows with, with other promoters or, um, or venues or whatever in, in Florida and, uh, we appreciate everything. And, and like I said, we usually have good relationship, you know, at least on the surface, like, Hey, thanks again for having us kind of thing. Um, but it's just, I don't know. There's an obvious, uh, there's an obvious difference when, when we're doing shows with you. And I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's just fucking awesome. Well, you know, it's, it's always, it, it feels good when, you know, um, <clears throat> somebody actually recognizes it, you know, we, we had a, a nice little run of shows, um, which your tour was in the middle of this run at this, the last part of the Q4 for, for 2019 for us. And um, all of them, including yours, with your sellout at the, in Jacksonville, we had multiple sellouts um, this last quarter. I mean, from, you know, Ayaterra had sellouts and did record numbers. The movement sold out five out of five. Hyrie sold out uh, one of her shows. You sold out a show. You know, it, it, I hope that artists see um, the difference, um, and there's, you know, the art, all artists are playing at the top of their game, um, but there's some common denominators that are happening. You know, when you see this many uh, shows perform at this level, it, it, you know, and I, I try to just hope that the managers and agents are seeing it um, because it's, it's 
very irregular to see that many shows come through and that many shows do those kind of record numbers, if that makes sense, you know? So, you know, I, I know it sounds funny when you have a promoter go, or is everybody else selling out this many shows in a row just night after night? Is that happening? You know, if not, that's probably because they're not doing all the work, you know, to make it work because all these bands are great in their own manners. You know, Mm -hmm. they're, they're, talented musicians they're putting on excellent shows just the real factor is is the promoter getting them in front of the people are they getting are the, is the promoter getting the people to the show because if the people get there they're having the time of their life you just got to get them there you know because there's no doubt in my mind when these bands play they are top of their game people leave there excited people leave there with merch people talk about it online you know the venues are having you know record nights on a Thursday or a Sunday, you know, they're just, it's just, it's, it's happening. So that's, that, that's one of the biggest um, factors out there as far as a promoter goes that, you know, I look back and go, is, is it, is this happening around everywhere else like this? Or is, is this a, you know, an anomaly that's happening? You know, this, these, all these shows are performing at a top level um, that come through here, you know, whether it's a Sunday or Thursday or Friday, Saturday, it doesn't matter what data is; they're just performing at a top level. Yeah, hundred percent. That's something that I've uh, I've discussed with you before, but um, I've always thought that, like, you know, people always have a good time at our shows, and we get insane amounts of streams online, you know, on Spotify and all that. And the people know the band; they know the music. They, you know, when we get people in the room, they're singing along, they're having a great time, and always bringing a friend. Um, but the biggest problem is, you know, people don't know we're coming. You know, it's like our big fans, our big fans pay attention. You know, they're sort of expected to know, you know, when we're coming into town. But then you've got people that, you know, they don't necessarily follow the band as closely. Um, and, you know, they're working, they have their lives going on. And they don't think to check the Ballyhoo website. Or, you know, the way the algorithms work now on all these social sites is, you know, if, you're, if your shit's not good, your content's not good, it's not going to get all the exposure that it used to. You know, it's not, gonna, it's not all in line anymore. It's just what, what's doing better, and that's what is shown to you on Instagram and Facebook, for example. And uh, so there's a lot of people that don't know we're coming. And I'll get messages from people saying, hey, when are you coming to, you know, Vail, Colorado? I'm like, dude, we're here now tonight like get here you know um and i feel like you know the band does we do everything we can you know we i feel like we're doing our part and maybe there's always more that we can be doing but um that's as we're learning every day all the time but it's like that's where the promoter comes in it's like okay we're you book the show and we're going to do what we do. You know, we're going to be posting, we're going to be, you know, talking about it, whatever. The dates are on the website. We're sending email blasts. We're doing everything we got to do. Um, but then a lot of times you get a promoter that books the show and then just forgets about it. And that's it. There's no, we'll get to places, you know, we used to, we would send posters. Now, a lot, a lot of times nowadays, like you don't even send posters anymore because they just ask for like a high res they, that they can print themselves and put up. Um, but we would send like 10 or 12 posters to every show. And that's expensive. You know, when you're a, a small band with like no budget, you're, 
it's hundreds of dollars to print these out, and then you got to send them. That, that costs money to ship them and the shipping materials. And then we'll get to the place, and the posters aren't up, you know? And you're like, well, what the fuck am I doing this for? And how come this place, you know, only has 100 people in it, you know, in a 500-cap room? You know, we could easily be doing three or 400 people, but this whoever worked the show didn't work the show. And so it's sort of like, what else do you want me to do here, you know? We're, as we're trying to reach out to, to promoters nowadays, like say, Hey, are you, you wow, how's the show going? How, how's it going? How are tickets? Like, what's it looking like? What are you doing? What can we do to help? You know, like we're always trying to help, but I feel like a lot of places aren't reciprocating that. Now, if I, if I, I will tell you something and this is wholeheartedly how it works for me. Um, one of the backbones to my shows is, is the street level marketing. And the reason I say that is because it's um, intrusive ma- marketing, if that makes any sense. Meaning, I don't care if you um, only listen to country music. I don't care if you don't listen to regular radio. You only listen to internet radio. I don't care if you don't have Facebook. I don't care if you only do Instagram. I it don't matter to me because once you see these posters all over your town, you're going to know because you see it everywhere. Now, when I say see it everywhere, you had a, a funny little comment where you said, I don't send 10 or 12 posters. Howie, I put out 400 posters per show that I put out on the bare minimum. Now, if you can think in your head how many places that you have in a city to put a poster up, think about 400 of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's incredible. It's incredible. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And that's the first thing um, that I do. That's the very first thing that I do is, I mean, I do the announce, I do the social media. You know, there's a, there's a little trick behind my online um, announces that I, I think I told you on a very secret private level to get my shows <laughs> to yeah. take off that are, it's a very little secret little promoter move. So don't ever let that out. Never. Um, I only um, tell that to a certain amount of people. <laughs> and that is one, another one of my, you know, ways that it, it just, they take off so fast. But then the backbone to it all comes down to the posters everywhere. Those things are, they're everywhere. So if you, if anybody's doing anything on a Thursday night, they just know that's the hot spot to be. Whether you like the band or not, you might just be a little lonely that night and want to go out and meet somebody of the opposite or maybe of the same or whatever your floats your boat, you know what I mean? Sure. That's where you're going because that's where everybody in town is going to be. It's just all over town this saying, this is where you go. Um, so that's another little of the element. So all, all of these little uh, wrenches in the toolbox, I call it, I turn, I turn every single wrench in the toolbox because I want to make sure um, without a doubt, hundred percent that we are, we are moving everything we can move to make it happen. So once you start doing this with the announce, the on sale, tricky little things, you know, the social media, like my social media spends, for a show in a club range from 2,500 to 3,500. And to most promoters, most clubs, they think that is bonkers. 
They're just not, they don't have that kind of money to spend on a show. They're just, you know, they, they have, you know, probably have enough money to run their, their establishments and pay their payroll and turn the lights on and pay their own bills. But they don't have that kind of money to put into one show that they don't know if it's going to break even or not. They have no clue. So that, that's the other side of it. You know, you're, you're talking about people that, um, you know, do they want to spend 3000 on a, on a show that they don't know if it's going to do 300 people? Probably not. Um, but they don't have that. They don't have that like, um, risk in like risk ability. Like I do. Can, can I sit there and lose five, $6,000 a week on shows every week? No, I can't. But I know that breaking even, I have to get pretty close to break even before I'm going to make money. If you don't put money into it, you're definitely going to lose money. It's just inevitable. I see it coming every time. That makes sense. That makes total sense. There's, I don't think there's any place around the country that's spending, you know, three grand on a Ballyhoo show for marketing, you know, not that I know of. I mean, we, I've seen, I've seen some, uh, some of the budgets in our contracts and stuff, but, uh, you know, and there's some here and there, you know, that's not to say there, there are people that do some work out there for sure. Um, but, you know, when you're saying you're putting you know, anywhere from 2,500 and up, you know, per show, that's, that's per show. And people think, how many shows a week do you have? Four or five, six, uh, more than that? Four shows a week. When I'm, when I'm, you know, I try to buy, I try to buy the artists when they come into Florida. I try to buy the state of Florida and just in the whole run. So, you know, I usually comfort zones four or five shows with an artist. Uh, I, I've done as many as 10. I did Afro Man one time. I did 10 shows in Florida, which was, absurd but it's not uncommon for me to do like seven shows with Cully Buds it's not on show it's not uncommon you know for me to do you know a normal four or five day run that's standard for me um all through the state of Florida I'm always picking up new markets I'm you know I'm always seeing what's what market is underserved so you know we have these little cute little markets like Stewart or Fort Pierce they're like underserved markets so we go in there and the show's just do gangbuster because the people don't get shows there. So they have to travel so far, like to drive Orlando to get a show. And it's just like, if they drop one in their town, then it just, it just does unbelievable. So, you know, we have those abilities to go into those markets. I've, I've been nurturing and, and, you know, grass rooting these, these shows like this. That makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's people that uh, get so stoked, you know, when we announce a show in like a sort of a, I guess it would be a B market in Florida, something like Vero or Stewart, Fort Pierce or like uh, Fort Myers or what, what was that? San Marco Island. I think we did a show with you there uh, a couple yeah. of years ago, yeah. but, but people get stoked, you know, like, Oh my God, like I usually gotta, like you just said, I gotta travel a couple hours to get to, you know, St. Pete or, uh, or Orlando or something or Fort Lauderdale to go to a show. Um, so they get stoked, you know, yeah, and the, all those little, all those, you know, every one of these, every one of these things that we're touching on right now are just the little elements that add up to one big nucleus of making, you know, growing an artist, and and that's what it comes down to because once you have all of these little pieces of the puzzle, whether it's the posters everywhere people are seeing, whether if it's the tricky little on sale tricks or if it's 
you're going into these little off markets that don't get shows very often and building, you know, a couple hundred fans at a time, then all those elements build together in the state of Florida. Next thing you know, you start selling out shows pretty fast. And then, then you go to the next tier and, and, um, the music business, you know, you know? Yeah. Um, and you, you work with, uh, like artists of all sizes, you, you kind of work with like, I guess, baby, I guess baby bands and then sort of midsize level. Like, and then I've seen you work some pretty big shows. Like, didn't you recently have a, you had like bad religion in those guys recently, right? Um, I, I have worked with bad religion. Yes. And I normally like, if I can get, if I can get my hands on shows like that, um, if I can get my hands on shows like that, yes, I, I will do them. And I usually like the last time I did bad religion, it was uh, off screen, bad religion, Pennywise and just little fingers, the summer nationals. Um, and it was, they let me put it in Cape Canaveral, Florida, which is right in front of this like $20 million welcoming center. I did it on government land and they said it was the highest merch sales and best venue layout they had in the whole, um, on the whole run. <laughs> so it was pretty, I was pretty stoked about it, but you know, will Daryl Eaton give me shows all the time? No, but you know, when I do get the chance to do them, I, I go out of my way to make sure that show stands out, you know, because that's the only way I'm going to build my name in this business, um, with an artist or with an agent is to be, is to outshine everybody. So, you know, I've learned a long time ago, even before the rest before the uh, music business on the restaurant business uh, to be successful. You, you've got to, you know, uh, let, me, let, me give you, let me give you a saying someone said to me a long time ago, and I love this thing. If you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. So I'm that guy that says, if you can outwork me or outdo what I'm doing, then God darn it, you own it. You know, you deserve it because I know what I'm doing is everything in my power. You know, I'm at the end of my wits um, to get it, you know, and there's a lot of things that come on the backside of it. You know, you're your family could be a little upset at you because you work so much or, you know, there's a lot of times you're not home, but you're trying to perform at, at a, at a level that no one can beat. So you can be successful in whatever you're doing. Um, so sometimes this work ethic is not cut out for most because most people wouldn't want to put this much into something. But for someone like me, where I'm so driven that I, I don't see any other way to be, but be at that level. I don't know if that is scary or, or, or weird to think about, but that's the truth. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, it, it's, it's obvious that you enjoy what you do as well. It's not, you know, like you have to, you have to love it. You know, the, the, the grind, you know, in order to stay in something like this, you know, cause it's a lot of hard work. I've seen you busting your ass, you know, and you told me a funny story. Um, one time, I'm trying to remember, you don't have to tell, say who the artist was or anything, but like you had some crazy story about, uh, some guy that was like freaking out because, oh, I don't know, was like a country artist or something. I can't remember. Do you, do you have any, any, any funny stories you can share about like a uh, bigger artist you work with? Like maybe they, uh, a little harder to work with than you thought or anything like that? You know, I, I, everybody, um, you know, it, Luckily, nowadays, it's few and far between that are very, very, um, 
you know, green M&Ms only type people. <laughs> um, you know, I've had, I've had, you know, in the beginning, I know what story you're telling me. I'm not going to get into it in the, into the public, but you know, there's just, you, you have show live shows and shows always have pitfalls. They're coming, you know, it, to have a show go start to finish with no pitfalls and has this nice new day is, is what we all shoot for. But you know, you're talking about live incidents. Um, and you can do everything in your power to explain to somebody what you have and don't have at a venue at a, at, you know, and, and some people overlook it and, and you get there next thing you know, you need something to, to make the show go smooth and it's not there, but you've explained it. And, you know, that day you have to figure out how to, um, put the fire out and make the show perform at the level of what the artist is looking for. And, and the the human being, the human element, they're the promoter, me or whoever my team is, as long as we can pull it off and perform and get it to sh- get it to play at a at that standard, that level, whatever the means are, then that's when that client, you know, says to you later, you're the only one that can do my shows in Florida or you're the only one that will be doing my shows in Florida. So it proves to the person or the client that, yeah, there was some pitfalls but we know how to overcome them without breaking or, you know, being rattled where some promoters won't show up to the show. And next thing you know, you won't have a show because the person that's there to put that fire out or make that show happen, you know, he's not there to make it happen. Does that make, make sense? You know, you're, you got to have somebody that can put that fire out and, and make sure that it's going to perform at that level. Yeah. We've had people, uh, like the promoter will be there for a little bit and then he'll take off for the night and then you can't get a hold of him when something goes bad. Like we, you know, we had one time we were in somewhere like South Carolina or something like that. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah. Just put everything on the tab and no big deal. Like, okay. And, uh, I guess we ordered a lot of shots and stuff that night. And, uh, <laughs> this is like several years. No, ago. Yeah, not right? you guys. I know. <laughs> um, and, uh, Who and, do that? yeah, yeah. Um, and at the end of the night, they're like, oh, your tab's 300 bucks. And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. They said that, you know, it was taken care of and, and the promoter had left. We couldn't get a hold of them and they made us pay that money. And there was just, they had like, they sent bouncers out to like, I guess, threaten us if we weren't going to pay it. Like it was crazy. And that that's happened on more than one occasion where, you know, the, the promoters, the, uh, again, there's another case of just not giving a fuck, you know, he if he shows up, you know, and then he takes off. And it's just super annoying, you know. It's really frustrating, um, and the, the TM can only do so much because the promoter's supposed to be there. You know, I think the promoter needs to be there, you know, from the from beginning to end to just make sure everything's running smoothly, um, you know. And but then again, this guy didn't drop three grand on on ad spends, I'm sure. But uh, you know, that's a classic. You know, um, it's, that, that's a classic. You know, conversation that I I have with a lot of venues. Um, when it comes to artists and, and shots and taking care of the artists, it's funny you bring that up. Um, I always say to them, you know, do you really, do you really think these guys are going to travel this far every day away from their families to come to a venue and to take all their money they just made and pay it into eating or drinking? Do you think that's really what they're here for? They're here to work. And if they need to like, eat some food and have um, a little bit of booze to kind of 
get them in a little relaxed state to, to perform at this level, why would you try to profit off them? Like, I mean, if it's, if it's the money thing that you're worried about, if the guy had 15 shots, I don't give a damn, whatever the number is, why are you going to charge him $300? If you're so hard up for money, charge him the $27 for the bottle and keep it moving. I mean, for the love of God, like really, they, they just packed your house. So it always, it's always the, 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 you know, rookie venue owner that's just has to survive with this one show that this happens to. And it all breaks down to that venue owner being so lazy or so, you know, not, not on top of his game in, in, in his own business that has to take uh, a one show deal and make all of his money back for the month, you know, in this one show all the way down to like, I'm going to charge this band that just gave me a, a sold out show or a damn near packed out show. And I'm going to make an extra 300 bucks on him. That's embarrassing. You know, that's, that's just embarrassing to me, you know? Yeah. I mean that, that, that shows lack of, uh, lack of, uh, you know, the big picture of you, you know, it's like the guy's not in it for the long game. He's just like, ah, I'm going to do shows. I'm going to make money. It's like, to me, it's like, you need to approach it as like, well, I want my artists to be happy. So they come back and they tell their, their other artist friends, you know, more bands can come through. I don't know. It just makes sense to me. You know, like I'll, when I do uh, like engineering and production and mixing work for, for other bands that come to me, you know, it's, like I have a certain rate, but you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to work with people. And there's some people like I've given like really, really good, insane deals just because I know that they're going to go tell their friends and, you know, it's going to bring people, it's going to bring more business, you know? And I, I don't, I just don't understand that. Like I got to make money. Let's just, you know, fuck it. Charge them, charge them for everything. It's just silly to me. Yeah. And, and, it, it comes down to it, what I always say. It comes down to the person that is not um, their own business, like their normal day-to-day -day business. Doesn't they're not paying attention to their own business to where they have um, they have to make every single. I mean, I, I get it. You want to make every single dime. I get. It. I'm not sure. Don't get it. But at what point do you have to be like, okay, well, this is an artist that's on tour. You can't. You can't spare a bottle of booze for this guy? Like what, what, what part of your last two weeks of business did you go so wrong that you can't afford this? Like what, why are you doing this business then? If you only can have, you know what I mean? Like you, you don't have that last little bit of a person that's actually bringing you business. Yeah. I, it's like 25 I, I bucks a for a bottle of Jameson. <laughs> I, I have a hard time with it. You know? Yeah. It's just, you know, I'm the first to tell you that. Yeah, it, to me, to me, it's an investment on both sides. Like, you know, the bit, the band obviously sacrifices a lot, you know, on the road, and you know, we we take pay cuts, you know, to get in, and we a lot of that happens in the beginning, and even even now these days, still, you know, it, it can happen. But, um, you know, if on the promoter side, if uh, you know anybody, anybody in the business, you know, not just promoting the band, like there, there's got to be a little bit of sacrifice here and there, a little bit of investment, you know, because okay, you know, I can, I can. I'll comp that tab, you know, because I'll, I'll get that back later. You know, when the band, when I do my job and the band grows and, you know, I'll, I'll see, you know, the, the fruits of this labor later, you know, I think that's important. And a lot of people miss that. 
All right, we're going to take a short break and do some ad reads. We'll be back. And we're back. All right, continuing my uh, conversation with Robert Duderman of Duderman Productions. Yeah, it's important that everybody knows um, what the the end goal is here is to make sure that the the artist is performing at at its peak level. They're happy. They're in a good spirit. They don't leave their pissed. That that the fan comes has a safe, uh, incredible experience. You know, um, you know, there's a lot of elements to it, and 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 if everybody clicks, then that's when the show. That's when the artist leaves Florida. They're pumped. The social media is pumped. Everybody's happy. It's when you don't leave Florida, feeling you know like, damn, I just spent three hundred dollars out of my guarantee just so I could have some you know you know, just a little bit of the edge off so I could perform. I explained to people, you know, artists or uh, venues, I'm like, could you imagine if you had to get up there and sing cold turkey in front of 300 people and they're all cocked on, you know, five shots and three beers and you're stone cold sober. There's nothing, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that every artist should get, you know, a buzz before they play. I'm not saying that, but it's it damn sure is a lot harder to deal with a lot of drunk people when you're not you know, yeah. got the edge off. I'm yeah. just, I'm here first to say it, you know, I'm the first guy to ask to go to my couch. I don't want to deal with all these people. You know, I'm going uh, to, I just see it. And then that aspect, Does that makes sense. No, it's totally, totally makes sense. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to say that's the way to do it, but it's definitely, you know, you want the artist to come out and have just the time, give these people the time of their lives. You know, that, that's what they're there for. They're spending their hard earned money to come into a show. And, you know, these people are, spending a good portion of their paycheck, they want to leave there, you know, with the time, with, with a good experience, you know, and I want to make sure the artist is on the top of their game, having fun, laughing, you know, happy to be there in the great spirits. When they pack that last piece of gear into the trailer and they lock that thing up and they're going to leave, I want high fives and hugs. I don't want to have somebody like, damn, dude, you know, guy just hit me for 300 bucks. That sucks. I'd hate to have that. That would just be, that would be the bummer of all bummers for me, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think too, like it helps when you, uh, for the, cause a lot of bands that we know, a lot of people that, you know, we're friends with a lot of bands in, in this, in this, uh, the reggae rock community, which you deal with a lot of those bands. Um, most everybody's really nice and doesn't ask for too much. And I think that's also part of it is like, um, you know, you being like su- such a grassroots type of business, the way you run your shows and stuff, um, that, it, it helps when the artist, uh, you know, sort of understands what's happening and doesn't expect anything too crazy and um, kind of knows their place, you know? Like, we, we're we not going to go, I'm not going to tell you to, you know, hey, uh, I'm going to need uh, white couches and a, and a, and a Bengal tiger <laughs> in, the, in the green room and white curtains and candles and shit. That's just silly, you know? Like, we're, we're like, we'll sit in the van, you bring us, like, deli lunch meat and chips and beer and stuff, and we're fine, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I mean, and then the other thing, you know, if, if everybody's, everybody, if everybody's clicking, you know, on, in, in the promoter world, in the venue world, like, I mean, I'm, I'm the first to tell you, I mean, it's taken me years to get to the point of, um, of, of the relationships with the venues that I have, because if, you know, I've, I've had venues come and go where owners um, get greedy or get, you know, 
want to change the change the venue deals around and and get more rent or charge you for more line items as a promoter once you start really selling out shows and clicking and 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 I'm the first to tell you that it's 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 very difficult when you get people that get you know the green eyes it's the same thing as a as, as a venue trying to charge $300 for a band to have shots when it's like dude that that you're just being greedy at this point you know I mean, is that your only bottle of Jameson in a fucking house? Like Jesus. Yeah, this shit is like, silly. That that that's where it becomes, you know, you know, people get the the greed factor and and not seeing the big picture. You know, the big picture is how everybody should be able to survive in the business, and everybody should be clicking. You know? Yeah, I mean, the big picture is everything. It really is the, the wanting to play the long game, understanding that this is a long game, and. This is yeah. an overnight thing. And that's everyone involved, the band, the promoter, the venue, the, the staff, everybody, you know. Um, it's all about the long game. And uh, I think the more everybody knows that, just the better off everyone is because everyone is doing their part. You know, everyone's doing their job. You know, you you book the band, you're there, you're, you're putting on the show, you're putting out any fires. The band is just doing what they do and they go out and they put on a rock and show and it just makes it successful. Like the crowd is there to have a good time. It's, it's really, it's about the crowd, man. It's like, it's like everybody needs to walk out of here thinking like that was the best thing I've ever seen. That was the best time I've ever had. Um, you know, people, I, I got to go to three, I think it was three big shows this summer cause we were home a lot, um, over the summer. And like, I caught like pepper and iration and, um, God, who else? Uh, uh, well, anyway, yeah, maybe maybe Dirty Heads and 311. Yeah. And it's expensive, dude. It's like, you know, I, I was lucky enough to where I know people I can, I can get in. I get my tickets for free. But but everything else, like if you add in the ticket price and then you've got, you know, most people that listen to this music, like that, especially my band, are like it's like 25 to 34. So everybody has kids. You know, they have a job. So they're paying for a babysitter. They're you know, there some some people are driving an hour or two in awful traffic at four o'clock to make you know the seven p.m. door time, um, you know, for an amphitheater show or a six p.m. door time, and uh, then the beers are fifteen dollars and the parking's forty dollars, and you know, and there's people that like have made lives around this, you know, like just going to shows all summer long, and the fact that anybody wants to spend their hard earned money and their time, you know, to to come see our band or it's just, it amazes me because dude, I was getting tired. I was like, Oh shit, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to drive through DC traffic or Philly traffic, you know? And, uh, mm -hmm. it, you know, so it, it's on us to make sure we put on the best show possible, you know? And I think the, the band and the promoter are sort of responsible for that, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, it's, and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to, uh, I guess be in a in, in a market where you know there's there's not a there's not a million uh, promoters out there trying to do this. There's a handful, and you know I'll be honest, Howie, I've seen my share of people get in and 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 try to do it, and I see them all leave with their tail between their legs. You know, like oh my god, um, it's 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 you have all the elements down. Is is uh you know. And it's hard to like just start right out of the gate and have all the elements down, you know, just as a band, you know, how long have you been a band, Howie? How long? I don't even, I don't even want to say. 
quarter century next year. How long? <laughs> uh, it'll be 25 years next year. 25 years. Yep. And at a tw- you, you've made a career out of it, which is awesome. How many people do you know? I mean, I know you know a lot of people because of the band world, but have tried to be a band and make a career out of it. I've seen a lot Countless. of people fall. Yeah, dude, it's not easy. You know, it's it's not easy. And and you know, I know your I know your I I call it your band, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call it what it is. Your staff, you know, it's your band, but you know, you have a staff of guys. You know, like your musicians, they're all paid musicians. They're not doing this for a handshake and a ham sandwich. You know, they're doing this to pay their bills, to pay their, you know, to give clothes their family and, you know, put food on the table. And I get it. You know, it's, it's just like, you know, people ask me all the time for free tickets. I'm like, do we come to your, your auto mechanic store and ask for free tires? Yeah. No, you know, this is a business, you know, this is how this works. This is how these musicians get from point A to point B. When they get home, they need tires on their van. Do they go to your garage and ask for free tires? No. You know, they, they're working. That's what this is. You know, so it's a, it's a, it's a real, um, you know, it's a, it's a crazy, um, it's a crazy business that we're in and it, it's, it's a neat business, you know, at the same time, some people, some people don't, can't take the fact that it's, um, can't, re- can't remove the fact that it's, uh, entertainment and leisure and, and the fact that it's a business, you know, some people are doing it for leisure and, 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 you know, there's fun times. And then there's people like us that we're doing it for a career. You know, it's, a, this is, this is how we make a living. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You have to, you have to think of it as a business, especially these days going into 2020. I mean, it's just the world we live yeah, in now. It comes around full circle. This is a business. Yeah. You know, you got to treat it like a business. Mm-hmm. If you want to perform at, at, you know, above everybody else. And make sure you treat it like it's a business. You know? Yeah, we get out there and we, you know, we take every picture, we sign every everything, we shake every hand, you know, whatever. Um, it's it's important to me. It's important to my guys, and um, you know, it's just it's just nice to to be on that level, and I think people appreciate it more. Um, I, I wanted to go back to what you're saying earlier about uh, uh putting out fires and stuff. The the way that you you handle, handle yourself. You conduct yourself, you know, when, when shit starts flying off the handle, you know, and that, you know, at, at a value show, it's typically, I would think it's pretty smooth. It's, there's nothing too crazy going on, but, um, you know, when you're running those bigger shows, uh, I mean, I caught you at a warp tour a couple of years ago in Orlando, you were, um, working for something that day and you were running all over the place. What, what were you doing that day again? Uh, was the one in Orlando? I think I was running concessions. That's what it was. Yeah, it was concessions. So, you know, it's a, that's a huge production. You know, it's hot as shit outside. It's Orlando. It's Florida. You're, you know, and I caught you a couple times sweating your ass off, but you were just on the move, man. And just the way that you're, it's obvious that you care. And, um, it's just a, it's really nice to see, you know, it's, it's a nice, uh, nice surprise. It's not, it's not, it's not a surprise. Why I say that it's not a surprise. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I keep it, you know, I, I try. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm performing at my. For me, as a, as a human, you know, I want to make sure that I'm performing at my, my highest level. You know, I want to make sure that my business is performing at my highest level. I try to surround myself around successful people, so, 
you know, I, I can only, you know, better my abilities to get, you know, better what I do. You know, the, the partnership I took with Ineffable a few years ago was kind of like my way of saying, you know, Hey, this is, this is the way to take my business to the next level. I want to make sure that I align myself with, you know, successful companies that that's the only way for me to, to grow as a business, you know? So, you know, whether I'm hustling around at work tour, you know, running concessions or, um, I'm, I'm on a podcast announcing a Mickey Avalon tour for Florida. <clears throat> that's coming up. <laughs> Everybody go to this Mickey Avalon show. At the, at the same time, at the same, at the same time, you know, it just shows that I'm, you know, I'm multitasking and I'm always grinding, you know, most people are probably brining a turkey and I'm here on a podcast announcing Mickey Avalon coming to Florida. <laughs> when, is, tell when, you how. when is that happening? When is the Mickey Avalon? Uh, that's going to be the end of February. I have uh, four dates with Mickey. Uh, Thursday, I have him at Surf of the Bar in Jacksonville. That's on the 27th of February. 28th of February is Terra Fermata. 29th is in Beachside Tavern, and then March 1, Debauchery in Melbourne. Nice little club date run for Mickey. Yeah, we've great done, guy. done all those places with Incredible you. Incredible artist. Uh, that's really cool you're doing Beachside. Yeah, I, I dabble in there on occasion. You know? I like that place. I, I like Cafe Da Vinci a little bit better just because of the, the layout and, and it's outdoors and the sound. And, and um, you know, the New Smyrna crowd is they're okay, but, you know, it's... I'm just a little bit more comfortable in Cafe Da Vinci lately. Right on. Yeah, we, we have uh, pretty slamming shows over there at our Beachside. Those are fun for us. Um, yeah, it's a nice little club date run. I wanted to ask, uh, you, you mentioned Ineffable. I wanted to get into that for a minute. Um, so obviously, I mean, you've been making noise for years, so the word gets around. And obviously, you're dealing with a lot of their bands. So how did that relationship come together? Um, you know, it's it's funny you ask that. Um, quite a few years ago, um, I always, I did all the shows for the original whalers, uh, for Al Anderson in, in Florida. And then he came and approached me about management and I had said no for about, about eight months just because I just had a kid and I was just already busy and, and, and a new, you know, you know, a new, my only child. So I was just like, it sounds like a lot of travel. I don't know if I'm ready for this. And then I, I, I finally in my mind said, you know what? I think I could probably take this on. And, um, at the time I had always done all the ineffable artists. I did all the stick dates. I did all the collie dates. I still do all the collie dates in Florida. Um, so I went to them and I said, Hey, you know, I, I want to take on this band as management, but I don't want to manage it out of my office as a promoter because I just don't, I don't know if I have the guidance to do it because it would be very new to me. So I, I really want to house it somewhere where I have some, some kind of background, you know, that can really guide me down the path. I don't want to do a dis, displeasure for such a, you know, um, nostalgic band of this magnitude, you know, I mean, one of the all time reggae bands in history, you know, that has you know, a client that's been doing the, you know, Bob Marley's catalog for 40 years and, uh, you know, took them a little bit to, you know, see what I was seeing and, you know, they're used to doing, you know, what we what they like to call sexy bands. They find them, you know, brand new artists, great hot music. And I was a guy that, you know, I'm I'm not looking for the next hot thing. I just 
I know the band does very good business. Um, I'm just an, a regular guy that keeps, I like to think I keep my business in order and I have a great relationship with the artist. And then um, they finally came around and called me and said, Hey, you know, we do want to take a look at this. Um, can you, can you fly to Oakland, California and fly out here and, and we'll sit down and talk about it. This is a this is three, four years ago, three years ago. And I said, all right. So I flew out to Oakland um, and to the Ineffable Studios. And I flew out there and we put it together. And then um, at the end, we, we also had a, we had to play, if I, yeah, if I remember correctly, we had to play a game of basketball in the courtyard. It was me, uh, Thomas Cousins, and Igor, which are the two founding members of Ineffable, uh, against the three interns. And, you know, it was a deciding factor with the game. I almost died of uh, uh, overload because I'm not uh, athletic in my old age. <laughs> and they all, this is funny, let me wrap this up. They all came out of their offices, even the interns. They were in normal clothes. They came out of their office in, in full, like, uh, athlete gear. I don't know, like full basketball shorts, tank tops, Jordans. Whoa. Like they transformed into a team right before my eyes. Meanwhile, I'm in skinny jeans and a black shirt. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to go out on a court and play basketball against everybody with with teams. So anyway, long story short, they at the end of the meeting. Oh, we won too, by the way, Howie. Oh hell uh, yeah! Me, Igor, and and and, and Thomas Cousins beat the interns. And, <laughs> Yeah, Wonderful. I had one good assist in the game. That was my my big stat. Hell yeah! Um, but anyways, like I was at the end of it, they we they said, please send out home. We want to talk to you on uh, one more day. So extend your flight. So I extended my flight. The next day I came in and they um, they asked me to be the Florida partner of Ineffable, and you know it was a, a big decision for me because I knew my business model, but it was probably the best decision I made. And you know the guys are. A, a, a giant force in the business. Um, it's only helped me and helped my business. You know, we creatively wise or business wise, you know, those guys don't ever question anything that we got going on in Florida. They know that we're in a, a good steady growth and uh, yeah, the rest is history. You know, it's just, the rest is history. You know, we just keep cranking. That's a, that's kind of a dream scenario um, in the way that, you know, obviously the ineffable is just crushing in every way and you were already crushing and then sort of coming together, but then still maintaining the way you do business. I mean, they hired you for, or they got with they partnered with you for a reason. Um, <clears throat> but you get to sort of maintain the way, like nothing changes in a sense, right? Um, you obviously seem happy with it. So that, that's definitely like a, a good situation to be in. So where, you know, you obviously had some leverage going in because of your track record, you know, and having worked with a lot of their bands, they know what you do already. There's no, you, you don't have to prove anything. And it was just, obviously it was a no brainer for both of you to come together. I love that. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, I mean, I have a, a great relationship with, with both Thomas cousins and Igor. So it made total sense. And since I've been there, I've watched other people and other, um, you know, partnerships happen that it just made the company stronger and stronger. And, you know, one of the, one of the things I really, you know, I love about the company is when I call for any kind of like guidance, you know, 
they answer, they answer my questions. And, you know, if I say, Hey, I want to do this, that, or the other, there's no like questioning it. It's yep. Do it next. Yep. Do it next. You know, it's that, that's the confidence they have in, in me as a company. And they know that I'm making the right decisions. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to make a wrong move. I'm trying to make all the right moves to progress the Florida market, you know? And with that being said, you're, it, it, it's starting to show in all the, um, in all the club dates and it's only time before we put up another festival and, and, you know, and start moving into that arena. So, you know, that, that, that's the next, I think, platform for, for what we do in Florida. I do enough city shows, enough, um, you know, soft ticket festivals and stuff. But I think our next move is probably to, to entertain a, you know, another root fire in the park or something of that nature. Yeah. That I was going to ask you like, what, what's next? Like what, what is the, <clears throat> what, what is kind of like your, your end goal? Like, what do you want to be doing? You know, do you ever think about the future? You know, there's no real end goal. Um, my, my, for me, I just look at it as how, how do I make steady growth without doing any kind of like aggressive knee jerk approach? Because as soon as you do an aggressive knee jerk approach is when you, you get nipped, you know, and you know, I like the growth that I'm in. I like the steady growth that the artists I'm dealing with are, are in. Um, you know, I, I really, you know what, I want to make sure that, um, that a lot of agents and, and artists are taking note of what we're doing, you know, cause sometimes they're, you know, you know how this business can be. Uh, I mean, you probably don't know on the buyer side, but on the buyer side, you know, it's always trying to prove myself to some agent like, Hey, you want your artist to perform at a, up, at, at a top level? Give us a shot. You know, yeah, the artist is great. Yeah. The artist has numbers, but I guarantee you that I can take it to, to a, another level. You know, it, it'll, it, it will, it will show. You know, I just did um, I just did Colt Ford our last show of 2019. We did Colt Ford Jupiter, and he the RA called me um, yesterday actually, and was like, "Hey man, I just want to let you know, Colt Ford said that he really wants you to do all the shows in Florida." You know, he said it was just it was you know an incredible experience. He never seen so many people show up, and you know he saw his posters and stuff going into the community. So that's a country artist. You know, that's not even reggae. In which we're, we're, we mainly do a lot of reggae. So once I start going into other genres and, and other agents are starting to see it, I'm just over time it'll 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 take heed. You know that this is what we do um, for our shows. You know this is this is how we want to take our artist. You know, you know the <clears throat> you understand the fundamentals. You know it's like the thing about life is like there's fundamentals. You know that that that's the common denominator for just everything. So like in the, in the promotions world, the marketing world, like you understand what needs to be done, uh, in order to make a, make a show successful. And that can translate to any, any genre, you know, it's just the, it's just the way you do the show to begin with. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter if it's reggae or country or, or hip hop or whatever. I imagine that you, you would be able to pull it off, you know, because you understand how, how it works and how to like, uh, you understand how to get, get people to a show, you know? And I think that's the most important. And a lot of promoters, uh, don't act that way. They don't think that way. You know, that's, that's why 
we appreciate working with you all these years. And it's just become more and more clear to me the last few years, you know, um, that you're, you're a rare breed, you know? Yeah. I mean, I want to, I want to make sure that I can, you know, I can get the shows as they come into Florida and I want them to perform at the, uh, you know, at the top level. That's, that's just the nature of the business. You know, mm-hmm. if, the art, if I see that the artist has got fans and, and he's willing to work with me, then I'm going to show them, you know, this is exactly what I do. You know, this is how, this, this is how I try to, this is how I try to take my shows to whatever level it's going to take to be best of the best, you know? Um, I guess finally, I know I'm going to get a lot of, a lot of messages about this and people are going to want, want to know, but, um, <clears throat> I don't remember how we got on your radar, like probably Oh nine, 10, maybe. Um, how, how does a band, uh, get your attention? What do they need to be doing for you to even give them a, a, a look? Um, what do you look for? How do for them to get on my radar? Yeah, to get on to get on the the Duderman radar to even think about <laughs> doing a show with you. No, I just know that this is going to get people going to ask me. Gonna, I'll get shit on for um, that asking. You know, that's a good question. That's probably you a lot know, of factors. I, I, have, I have this conversation um, a lot lately with with. Um, agents and bands, um, some that I worked with before, some that I, you know, that are trying to get, um, in our, in our kind of our, our wheelhouse mm-hmm. nowadays, I, I think I touched on this with you a little bit too. Um, when we saw each other two weeks ago, I thought it was interesting, nowadays, but I understood it, you know, Go ahead. yeah, nowadays it, it costs us so much money to do a show that, I really have to take on shows that that are, you know, are performing at almost at a, you know, just it's just that they're performing because um, I, I can't have I can't have a hundred percent of the ticket revenue go to the artist because I'll lose money, and so then what that kind of means is if the artist wants, you know. Um, Say the artist wants a thousand dollars. Let's just get down to the nuts and berries. The artist wants a thousand dollars to perform. These are the you know bands that are coming up, um, and I'm like, okay, how much are the tickets? At, they say uh, twelve to fifteen dollars. I, I and I generally don't do tickets less than eighteen dollars, just an FYI. But this is keep it real round. Mm-hmm. If the band is going to do a hundred tickets. That's fifteen hundred dollars in gross revenue, minus sales tax. The state of Florida pays sales tax. You're going to have. Um, let me see. I'm uh, calculator here. I have to pull it up. If you know, if band does, say fifteen hundred. That means the band's going to have one thousand three hundred ninety-five dollars in gross revenue. If the band wants a thousand dollars. That's $395 for me to advertise and staff the show, let alone if I have venue costs or rider or anything for that matter. Can I make, can I take on that show financially? Can I take that on? Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I would guess no because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you're talking about, yeah, you're talking I about dropping, think. you know, twenty five hundred on, on just just ad spend, not not including the physical yeah. posters and and whatever else, and and paying street teamers and exactly. things like that. Gonna, I've gotten so so to get on my radar. I have to. This is what I think would make sense to me lately. And I'm going to give you a story about. Um, we did the movement and we did the, and the elevators was, uh, the direct support. I saw that the elevators had fans at every show. Like I physically saw it, mm -hmm. you know, I, I could see it a mile away. That's a band that I go, okay, I could take them on. You know, I, I think that, I think that they're going to be, there's going to be people at the show that are going to come and it's going to make sense. I'd have to physically see it, you know, before I'm going to just risk it. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I had, I had done a show recently. I don't want to put any band names out there, but a well-known, you know, hip hop band that was, you know, two grand for the shows. I did four shows. Well, I lost 2000 a show. I lost $8,000 in a week. I did four shows. I'm not willing to do that anymore. If that makes sense. You know, I thought I was going to be clear by doing a show that was, you know, a little hip hop show that nobody gets to see these type of little, you know, nostalgic old hip hop bands. But if I lose two thousand dollars a show and I got four shows, that's eight grand. You know, that, that that hurts. You yeah. know, mm -hmm. so I can't take on those kind of bands. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so I have to be. You know, and I'm I I'm not one that just does one show. You know, I'll do four of them. Right. So if it's four shows that are collectively going to lose me, you know, a good amount of money then I, I'm just not going to do it, you know? So, you know, the, and on the same side of that, that conversation is I, I want to be able to deal with artists like yourselves that understand, hey, we get XYZ guarantee. I know Judah going to spend XYZ. So he's going to have to clear whatever we make times two plus plus just to clear the sucker just to get through it but that's how my that's how my band is going to grow otherwise we're going to be stuck here if he keeps losing money mm -hmm. so how does the band get on my radar it's it's a yeah i guess it's just got to be the right um the right look i've got to know or i've got to you know make the right decision that that band is going to, you know, perform and, and, and not just perform, but it's going to, you know, it's going to clear the bill, you know, cause I can't take on bands that aren't going to clear the bills. Um, it's just, you know, those are, those are bands that are still developing and they probably don't have, um, they're not, they're not getting enough national exposure. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, stuff like the elevators, they're getting a lot of national exposure. Stuff like Ayaterra, they're getting a lot of national exposure. You know, you get national exposure, you've been getting it forever. Um, let's see some other ones that are getting national exposure. And there's just bands that are just, you know, they're touring, you know, they're getting the looks, they're, they're getting national, you know, exposure. So people are, you know, coming to the shows. And, you know, for me to take on a new client like that, it has to be, you know, it has, it has to be at that level, you know? Yeah. Well, you heard it, artist. 
get your asses down to Florida, start making some noise, get on Duderman's radar. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I do take, you know, there's bands like Article Sound System. They're local. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say local, I mean in the, in the market. So people see me working with them, but it's because they're here and they're easy and reachable and they've got a great product. You know, they're a great band. She's, she's a star Mm -hmm. and you know, they're the first to do shows where if you say, look, man, I got 250 bucks. They're the first. Oh yeah, sure. We'll get through. We'll make it. They're not a band that's like, no way. We got to have 750 or a thousand. They're the first to go, we're going to lose money, but we're going to try it anyways. You know, cause they want to get their products out there and that's what's been built. They've been getting a great amount of shows great amount of looks they're building fans and you know they're willing to work you know that's the other the other side of the coin man they got to be willing to work yep so again i appreciate the long game you know and understand that it's not overnight and you're gonna take it's gonna take a lot of pay cuts <laughs> you know <clears throat> yep you've been doing it for 25 years howie you know the long game oh god do i <laughs> <laughs> Can I do another quarter century? I guess we'll find out. Stay tuned, kids. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, man. Well, Rob Dudeman, it's been great having you on here. I love picking your brain. It's, uh, this shit is so interesting to me. And, you know, uh, I appreciate everything that you've done for us and everything you do for the scene. Um, you know, I, any, any band that gets to work with you, I think is lucky. And, um, uh, you know, it's just, again, the attention to detail, the love, the care that you have for what you do, the way you conduct yourself, your attitude, your general attitude, you know, you just, you're, you're a good dude. And like, I've never, never seen you lose your, lose your head or anything. And, uh, and it's, it's a crazy fucking business and, and you handle it. You know what you're doing, man. And I, and I just think it's great. Well, I really appreciate that you're, uh, that you acknowledge it, that you that you see there that we're out here grinding, you know. And it's not just me. There's a team of people behind me. You know, I got a staff behind me. I got an affable music group behind me, and it just happens to be that you know I'm I'm the you know the guy that started in a little you know a little business a long time ago on a 12 channel mixer and have grown this thing to where I'm at today, and I just. You know, I pinch myself every day to say, man, I'm in the music business. I love what I do. I go to work every day happy. And I'm actually, I can, you know, raise my child and, and, and in, the, in an environment that I enjoy. You know, I'm not stuck in a cubicle. And I'm not throwing roof baloney. Um, I'm pushing frequencies. That's the best kind of story, man. Those are the stories that like, that like get me energized and pumped to, to go harder at my own thing. You know, like that's why I started this podcast is, is to like have people like you on here. Um, along with the things that I say, have people like you on here telling your story. And it's always the same. Everyone that I've talked to gen, the general story is the same. I'm fucking driven. I work hard. I work my ass off. Um, I've had a lot of lows. The, The rewards are amazing on the flip side. And, it just shows that if you have the drive and you have the focus and you're willing to put in the work and the time and understand the long game that you can fucking do anything you want, you know, and it doesn't have to be some, some stupid, uh, you know, job that, you know, some white collar bullshit where you're entering data all day long, you know, you can work for yourself, you can create your own thing. And, uh, I just want people to see that. 
It's always a pleasure, Howie. Dealing with people like you make it makes it easier. You know, some 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 artists aren't easy to deal with. Some are easy to deal with. Some you have friendly relationships with. Some you don't talk to at all. You know, some don't even recognize you. But you know, when you have the relationships like you and and you know the other people that we have in our business, then it makes it all worth worthwhile. You know, absolutely. <clears throat> Just gotta stay hungry, you know, and and always be willing to learn. That's two things that are so important. I think, um, you know, just keep always be willing to just take in new information and, you know, don't think, you know, everything and just, and stay, stay hungry, like keep going at it. You know, the day, the day you get tired and you don't feel like doing it, you're losing. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. Well-spoken, well-spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to be a good talker sometimes, but well, uh, Dude, um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's always great to uh, to talk to you, and I'm so glad that I got you on, on the pod finally. And uh, I know that a lot of people are going to get so much value out of this. So um, a lot of people are going to hear this shit. Appreciate you coming on, man. Reach out anytime, Howie. I'm always here. Absolutely. Well, I will hopefully see you uh, see you sometime in 2020, bro. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Cool, man. Well, have a wonderful day. I know your phone's been going off this whole time. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot, Howard. Ciao. Later. Well, there you have it. Robert Duderman, Duderman Productions. Uh, big thank you to him for uh, for coming on and talking about his story and um, giving some insight, man. It's, um, it's a big job. It's a tough job. It can be a fun job. It can be a rewarding job. Um, but it's just it just goes to show, once again, that you can do anything you want as long as you stay focused and driven and understand the long game, you're not going to make money right away. In fact, it's going to take years in most cases. And um, don't get discouraged. Just have fun with it. Love it when you're doing it. Love the work, you know, and it won't feel like work. And if you're in the, if you're doing what it is you want to do, you know, and it's not something you're thinking, ah, oh, I'm going to do this because I know it makes money. No, do something that you love doing find something that you're actually interested in because when it gets hard and it will you know you won't you won't want to quit you want to see it through so word all right well uh make sure you pre-save pre-order the new record force of habit coming out friday this friday 11 29 um i did all by myself i had fun doing it i hope you enjoy it uh please tell all your friends i'm i'm trying to get as many streams as possible for the first weekend um and uh yeah but regardless i just i appreciate you paying attention and uh and listening to everything that i do so thanks a lot check out the youtube channel as well i'm doing a lot of cool stuff on there and um all right cool well everybody have a wonderful thanksgiving and uh hope to hear uh, hope to get back on here uh very soon i got this tour coming up so i'm not sure how soon i'll be able to get back on but definitely gonna start doing that um that uh, force of habit track by track for sure so stay tuned for that all right everybody happy holidays talk to you soon this is tales from the green room